0: Bye. Okay. Welcome to Deep geeks the show where two friends look through the back catalogue of D-Entertainment trying to find her things that aren't shit.
1: We're too late for that, really. They're all shit now.
0: Oh, God, we are on the dregs. Well, we really are. Yeah.
1: The dregs. The
0: approximately
1: uh, 30 to 40 dregs. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm Mark and...
1: I'm Avery. Hello.
0: And this week we are talking about... T- child stars
1: i guess uh wish kid and also america nationally in action which is more appropriately titled Mary-Kate and nationally inactive but i mean you know
0: uh, we'll get on to that yeah what are we going to go with wish
1: third? kid wish kid
0: okay wish kid okay so um avery yeah i don't know if you're too young but what do you remember about macaulay culkin
1: he was on Home Alone and he was really popular because he's the kid that used the aftershave and went, ah.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, For a short he amount also of had, time.
1: He also had a, a there was a, a Home Alone SNES game which used that image of him using the aftershave and screaming as the game over screen. Yeah. That was strange. Also, he's running an Onion-style satire site now called Bunny Ears.
0: Yeah, Macaulay Culkin's an interesting character. For a
1: couple he's, of years... He's kind of starting the... to own his, like, fall away from the stardom kind of thing, of now. Yeah,
0: I mean, for a couple of years in the 90s, he was the shit. He was the child actor that you got in. He wasn't that good, but he was the notable child act- actor. He was blonde and he could follow instructions. That was about his... And he could uh, do a scream. And he could do a scream, which he often did. Um, And then I believe his parents ran off with all of the money that uh, he earned. Whoops! That's uh, not good. I think that's what happened. I may be wrong. Don't quote me on this. But uh, during that time, Deke seemed to have made a Macaulay Culkin cartoon it kind of reminds me of Bruno
1: the Kid in there, this regard, and yeah. then it's this weird show about a fictionalised version of the popular actor star in a cartoon I'm, and they're a kid
0: I mean, have we actually mentioned Bruno the Kid on the show at all?
1: We might have mentioned it a couple of times in passing, but uh, if you'd like to...
0: Bruno the Kid is this completely forgotten um it was a syndicated cartoon, so nobody particularly noticed it. And it was Bruce Willis voicing a child version of himself who becomes a super spy uh, that fakes his way into being a super spy using a CGI uh, Bruce Willis head. Yeah. that That's the actual plot.
1: It's really bizarre.
0: Regardless, uh, the-, the similarity here is, of course, a charismatic young uh, star getting into scrapes and situations due to basically fakery and then having to get themselves out of it
1: yeah he has this magical baseball glove um and he can wish for anything he wants, but it expires within, in like, an hour or something.
0: Well, how long it, till it expires depends on, you know, when Plot it would convenience. be. convenience. Well, yeah. Uh-huh. Which is fair enough. I mean, if you're going to build an entire show around, ultimately, uh, Monkey's poor style wishes, you need that um, flexibility. Because mm. uh, in some cases... Um, the wish will wear off at an inconvenient moment and he will have to clean up in the aftermath of it without any wishes.
1: Yeah, basically the entire... Like, every episode follows the same basic storyline, really, of event happens, wish kid wants thing to happen to him, wish kid makes wish, wish kid gets to enjoy thing happen to him, wish inexplicably disappears midway through thing. Wish kid now has to clean up Thing. Or, wish kid successfully cleans up Thing. Wishkid wins the day.
0: Or alternatively, Wish backfires massively. Wishkid gets through things with just guile and wit. and um, That's the
1: exact same thing as I just said. It's basically. almost to the
0: exact same thing. The Wish doesn't have to wear off.
1: It just backfires. It just backfires. It yeah, it's either wears off or it backfires and then everything else is the same.
0: Either basically. way, without the Wishes, what he does is home aloning. Yeah. Uh, improvised weaponry, <laughs> traps, and schemes. And...
1: Mainly with a um, a psychic friend who is strangely the spitting image of Urkel.
0: Yeah, I mean, evidently they went with what's a nerd kid look like right now? Well, it's a black kid Yeah,
1: what's a nerdy black kid look like? Urkel, there you go. with too
0: high a waist of his trousers yeah. and black that are in glasses.
1: Thankfully, he doesn't speak like Urkel as well, but...
0: (laughs) I mean, in a couple of years, they'd have... Is it a couple of years? Might even be contemporaneously, they'd have Steve Urkel on Sonic the Hedgehog.
1: Oh, God, yeah, that did happen, huh?
0: Yep. Steve Urkel was the voice of Sonic the Hedgehog. Blimey. Better than Ben Schwartz. Yeah. Well. Well... (laughs)
1: I feel like we've already expanded everything that we can say about Wish Kid because it's so thin. <laughs>
0: I mean, it's to be fair; it is a solid concept for a show, right? As antic as our many antics uh, things have gone, this one sort of holds together mm. because it keeps it simple, keeps it basic. It's not trying to uh, crowbar. And for example, an epic war between two sets of space dinosaurs into being an antics show. Yeah, it is just, and it's Dennis the Menace with a few with a, a wish. If if Dennis...
1: barring um, Mr. Wilson, no Mr. Wilson's figure in this. There is a uh, uh, like a neighbor figure who is constantly, constantly suspicious of uh, of Wishkid and like it's constantly trying to find how he's doing stuff etc and being a nosy bugger but that's about it really
0: yeah ultimately it's uh it's simple and it works because it's simple
1: okay apparently the story goes is that the baseball glove had been struck by a miniature shooting star sure that works <laughs> Which Wikipedia states is an event that inexplicably enabled it to magically grant wishes, (laughs) if punched three times. Oh, it was, however, limited to use once, only once every week, and each wish would expire relatively shortly after its cast, often at the most inopportune times possible. Yeah. Uh,
0: kind of a shit artifact. Yeah, I may have to write the D and D rules for it.
1: Having an RPG with a with fucking magical baseball glove that can grant wishes.
0: I mean, it's the kind of thing you'd have as a D&D artifact. It That's really true. is, isn't it? Yeah. Especially the uh, the tendency to backfire and wear off. It's the kind of thing you put in front of your uh, players to uh, tempt them into doing stupid things and to leave them to work out how to do things without uh, it horrendously backfiring on them.
1: Yeah. As I said, I think we've kind of expired, like, expanded on everything we could possibly say about this show already.
0: Well, I mean, what do you reckon to Macaulay Culkin as a voice actor? He's alright. I mean, he's. He's okay. Yeah. He's not the worst we've heard.
1: No, there's definitely worse voice actors, but I mean, it's just kind of. It doesn't ever go past the point of. Eh, it's alright.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think they took more than a couple of takes for each line. It it feels very um... <laughs> rushed,
1: just a bit, yeah. Uh,
0: which fair enough, he was a hot commodity at the time. Um, and then, of course, there's the live action segment.
1: Yeah, each episode has a live action prologue. Uh, prologue, yes, prologue, wherein uh, Colkin himself appears on screen with a baseball glove and gives a short little uh, anecdote to proceed the to proceed the. Uh, The story, as it were.
0: Sort of a framing device, Kind of, but I mean... It's mostly there to prove, Luke, we got Macaulay Culkin. Yes, exactly.
1: It is entirely pointless and doesn't really need to be there at all.
0: Yeah. Speaking of which, that's exactly what they do in Mary-Kate and Ashley in action.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So Mary-Kate and Ashley in action... (sighs) Ah... It has both a prologue and an epilogue, featuring the uh, the two child stars at the time.
0: It's the exact same footage each time, overdubbed badly.
1: Yes, it is. Which is incredible. Oh, God, where do we start? Okay, so Mary-Kate and Ashley in this are playing uh, fictionized versions of themselves, go figure. Um, wherein they are special agents... And they are made to go about the world solving very vague mysteries and problems that have come up, which are very minor problems at the end of the day.
0: Well, that's and not true. And all
1: revolve around the same supervillain with the exact same MacGuffin makeup. Now, now, makeup. That,
0: that's not fair. We only see that because uh, the only surviving English episodes are the collection that were put out on DVD that mostly involved that character.
1: Okay, cool. I'm pretty sure that's the only supervillain, though, because she's in the fucking openings.
0: No, I've definitely read descriptions of other supervillains in the show. They are similarly shit. Great. So, basically, they are... Some of the most boring secret agents ever.
1: They don't really have any secret gadgets to play about with. They don't really do anything. They just kind of walk about and gather information from other people. And then go, look, it's that supervillain. Ooh, who could have guessed it?
0: Yeah. If they do have gadgets, they tend to be first revealed after the fact. Yeah. Which is not what you do with gadgets. I mean, you showed me an episode of Totally Spies immediately after. Yes. Totally
1: Spies is a far better cartoon.
0: Totally Spies got it because it understands how spy uh, shows work. You have the mission briefing. You get given the gadgets. The gadgets are then scattered about in the... uh, in the rest of the through the rest of the episode it becomes it becomes less a matter of how will they get out of this oh oh there's just a gadget that does it and more ooh how are they going to use each of these gadgets
1: yeah and it's usually pretty fun whenever you see them use the gadget as well they uh, come up with some inventive uses for them um and also to be honest it totally spices the better show because it knows how to be engaging and how to write a fun script basically And also the characters are more interesting, because whilst they are stereotypical fucking girly girls, girls night out, going out for the mall, buy some sweet makeup, kind of that kind of stereotype, which I detest beyond detest. It is made okay by the fact that they are also fucking badass spies that don't mind beating the shit out of some dudes. With a big stick
0: Yeah, I mean there was a level of irony In their um, Girly girlness to it mm. um, And also a, a level of Yeah, so So what? They're allowed to be this They're also secret agents who are Actually capable of their jobs Whereas Mary-Kate and Ashley aren't
1: No, not in the least
0: I mean the show thinks they are but they don't actually do anything there is literally a scene in one of the episodes in which they infiltrate the place that they are going by walking into the building and then are captured by two people no combat, no fight no struggle, they just say oh, oh you're the villain now we're captured
1: great job Absolutely brilliant
0: Oh god are you going to bring up the robot dog
1: Yeah there's a robot dog and he speaks With a Scottish accent and he's not Scottish
0: Yeah he speaks in a Canadian Scottish accent Yeah Uh, I'm trying to remember If James Doohan is Canadian
1: I don't know I wouldn't know The main thing that I do know is that When I first heard the dog speak I exclaimed very loudly in an exasperated tone The dog speaks
0: Yep the dog speaks and is apparently half robot.
1: It kind of ruined it even more, I'm going to be honest.
0: It's not great. I mean, he's at least an interesting sidekick as opposed to blue hair guy.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about blue hair guy, the guy who is from a different cartoon <laughs> he entirely. He doesn't
0: fit in there at all. Why does he have half blue hair, half was... black hair? Okay, I I found a article uh, on... Uh Saturdaymorningsforever.com, uh, that details the villains of this show. There is, of course, Lené R- LaRouge, Le the uh makeup themed villain that we saw three times in three episodes.
1: Yeah, that didn't really help um our verdict on this show, did it? The fact that every single time we loaded up an episode it was the same fucking villain.
0: Yeah. And the fact that it's a makeup themed villain. Yeah. Because girls. Uh, but the other major ones seem to be a cheese loving millionaire called Clive Hedgemorton Smythe and his butler Bennington.
1: Very British.
0: And Quote the unquote. Other major one seems to be a magician called Oliver Dickens. Great. Just, you know, a, an evil magician.
1: Ollie oh, Dickens uh
0: oh, That's That's the kind of thing we're working with. When the makeup-themed supervillain is the best you've got. it's just sad.
1: And um, much like the other Olsen show at the time, So Little Time, this thing only lasted one season before being cancelled. It is not hard to see why. Meanwhile, I believe Totally Spies lasted about five to eight seasons.
0: Yeah. Because yeah. they
1: actually had, you no know, competent writers.
0: Well, they also weren't banking on the... Uh, stardom of Mary-Kate and of Ashley. Stardom of child stars. Yeah. Because ultimately, if you, uh, if you put your money into these people, they grow up. They cease to be cute or... They're
1: actually fashion designers now.
0: Good on them. Here's the thing. Uh, I mean, obviously... They stopped child
1: acting like 2004, but one of them did.
0: Obviously, uh, if you don't know who Mary, Kate and Ashley are, uh, they were twins who originally played... uh, A
1: single character. They played Michelle in Full House.
0: They played Michelle in Full House and later on just became America's darlings for a few years.
1: Uh, For the record, in case it's not obvious how two people played the same one character, they took it in turns because child labour laws at the time meant that... uh, A kid actor could only play so much for a specific amount of time. So once Mary Kate's time was up on the silver screen, uh, it had to be exchanged up with Ashley. And they look identical at the the time anyway. So that was the thing.
0: Well, this isn't uncommon. This is just how Hollywood loves twins for this
1: example. It's an interesting tidbit because you wouldn't have thought this would be how it works. And. Honestly, I feel like the idea of hearing two actors playing the same character on the same TV show, like pretty much like side by side, is a bit unheard of, at least nowadays.
0: Now, what if they came back and did that now as adults?
1: It would be interesting, but I feel like they have, like, divined in on their own personal styles well, that's to true. the point that it wouldn't work.
0: As opposed to one having slightly wavier hair and a hat.
1: Yeah back in the day when they were younger they very much um very much kind of kept up the we're identical twins kind of thing and then obviously as they grow up they've kind of made themselves differentiated part of it
0: but yeah they were massive media darlings right up until about this point where they just started to wane entirely yeah so i mean even if it had been good it wouldn't have continued much longer but yeah i mean it's good on them um I mean, when it comes to child stars, it tends to be the ones who get out of the acting business that do the best, anyway.
1: And to be honest, I feel like fashion design is a was a uh, a very very logical step forward for the two of them. I feel interestingly,
0: it's the same. I believe the company that produced this and the tie-in media for this is the one that pivoted to their fashion de- become their fashion design label. Oh,
1: interesting. Which is neat. Yeah.
0: Certainly, their public, their uh, their book company, when they were making books that tied into this, yeah, is the same company.
1: Huh. <sighs> well, where's that?
0: Yeah, but no, this this uh, this is a particularly dire thing. It just doesn't work at all.
1: Yeah, um, it would only be about I think two or three more years before. I believe Ashley would stop uh, acting and would start doing fashion design. And then Mary-Kate would follow uh, a little bit later afterwards, I think until about 2012. Might be the other way around. Memory fuzzy. (laughs) Not great with twins.
0: As with with anything involving former child stars, don't quote us on this.
1: Don't quote us on anything, to be quite honest. Uh. Except the ones where we actually did our research.
0: Yeah, or just generally our opinions on how things are. Speaking of which, shall we get to the list? Oh boy, right, here we
1: go. So, Wish Kid. It is formulaic, it's a bit boring and dull, uh, predictable, not really much happens in it.
0: But by Deke's standards, it's a solid show.
1: No. No, it's not. It is. It's really not.
0: Oh, I do so disagree with you on this. Wish kid actually. Why do you like Wish Kid? I don't know. I think. What? Where has this sudden
1: positive view of it come from?
0: I had positive view at the time. Barely. I just think that. I just think that it is a functional show, which is unusual for us. Yeah, sort of. But it is is a show that they could have just made more and more of and the quality would stay exactly the same.
1: I guess.
0: Unlike some of these things where it's how are you going to make any more episodes of that? That's a pile of shit already. It's simple. It's functional. It is ultimately something that you could produce now and have exactly the same thing other than the fact that For some reason, they decided to base it around a child star.
1: So, uh, what kind of show are you thinking it's similar to?
0: Hmm. That's a good question.
1: Because I feel like the list now is starting to get so big that it is better to compare it against shows we have previously watched rather than looking specifically at numbers. Uh because the current main list is fifty-five now.
0: Oh jeez. Um let's see how much I mean it was pretty good, but by our list standards you don't exactly have to be a masterpiece to get Pocket Dragon top Adventures. I think it was a little better than Pocket Dragon Adventures. It was less grating. Hmm. Uh, well, above that
1: is Super Mario World.
0: Uh, did we put the Super Mario side by side? Um, what do you mean? Well, if I say what's above Super Mario World, are you going to say super, the Adventures of Super Mario Brothers Three?
1: No, I'm going to say uh, Captain N.
0: Oh God! Uh,
1: Captain N is better than this. Captain N is better than Wish, kid.
0: Captain N wasn't functional, but it was interesting.
1: (laughs) It was interesting and it was fun to watch.
0: It was fascinating. Um, It's a terrible show. I would say it works less, but it takes risks in ways that paid off more. Yes. Uh, I think you may... Yeah, we're definitely in the right area here. Would you say above or below the Mario one?
1: Above Mario World, below Captain N. Make it so. Okay. Okay. So, um, what about Mary-Kate and Ashley? <sighs> it's got to be lower, right? Considerably. He its earnest is more interesting and watchable.
0: Yes. I mean, it can be directly uh, compared to... Oh God, what was the cheerleader one?
1: Groove Squad. Oh, God, yeah, Groove Squad. But that's in a separate list because that is a movie.
0: Ah, yeah, it is. I'd forgotten that wasn't just a pilot. They actually put it out as a... uh...
1: I am going to say... Oh, boy. It's below Bump in the Night. Bump in the Night is better than this because it is lovingly crafted. Uh, As draining to watch as Bump in the Night is and as boring as the plot lines are, there is... I, I can't help but appreciate it simply because of the amount of effort and work that went into creating these luscious environments for it.
0: Yeah. It yeah. stays
1: it stays where it's where it is. It's at number forty three. It stays there because it's not really very watchable at all and it's not really enjoyable. But it has its own merits. This doesn't really have any merits.
0: Well that's true. What's directly below?
1: Um Slimer and the real Ghostbusters. The executive medals version of the Real Ghostbusters, which I which I claimed was so different from the original Real <laughs> Ghostbusters that it had to be a separate thing.
0: I mean it was a fair choice.
1: Um Below that is Fairy Tale Theatre. I think we're starting to get around the right area. Yeah. With I, Fairy Tale. I,
0: I would still prefer to watch Fairy Tale Theatre than uh...
1: Okay, Gadget Boy.
0: Oh yeah, that's entirely the right area. <laughs> uh I think this is possibly slightly better than Gadget Boy. Okay. Uh looking at
1: uh, what else is below this, we've got Double Dragon and Liberty's kids. So, oh yeah, it's definitely yeah. better than Double Dragon. In between Fairy Tale Theatre and Gadget Boy. Okay. So number forty six, we've got Merry International in action, and number twenty nine is Wish Kid. Right oh. Okay, so that's a short episode, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean...
1: We didn't really have much to say on either of these. Both of these are terrible.
0: <sighs> we we had things to say, we just were eloquent enough to say them nice and quickly.
1: Is that your excuse? Yes. Okay. That's my excuse. Fair enough. Well,
0: let's trick the people into thinking that they've listened to a quality podcast Okay. Fair before enough. mentioning that we are probably starting a Patreon, mostly due to fear-mongering from patreon about their new terms and conditions yeah so that will exist
1: yeah uh, we'll announce that on twitter which by the way is at mostly kobolds uh we'll also post it on our website mostly and if you care to listen to our other episodes then please by all means go ahead and subscribe on all of your other podcasting apps of choice as well as things like itunes uh you can also find us on google play podcasts we think and also just get our rss feed from our website. Did you do that. We've also got all the old episodes up on there as well.
0: Apparently, we're on Luminary.
1: Well, yeah, that's fuck well,
0: you, Luminary. That's mainly
1: because they have a, a crawler, and yeah, to be honest, fuck Luminary. It's shit. It's a disgusting idea and concept. And podcasts should not be hidden behind paywalls.
0: You know, I was really excited when I saw the announcement of a second season of um, A Very Fatal Murder. Fuck you, The Onion. Fuck you, Luminary. The thing
1: is, is it makes no sense for The Onion to be on Luminary because Luminary is the kind of thing that The Onion would
0: take the piss out of. It's venture capital. It is... Uh... Pay podcasters directly. Yes.
1: <laughs> Fuck Stitch Go Premium. To Patreon. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Give us a buck a month so we can uh, be motivated. We'll get about
0: 44 pence. <laughs> yes. From.
1: Just a note, directly after we recorded this, we set up that Patreon. Uh, you can now go ahead and support us for monetary reasons at patreon.com slash If you do decide to support us, then we thank you graciously for it. Because, I mean, we didn't expect anyone to actually support it. <laughs> but yeah, no, fuck Stitcher Premium, fuck Luminary. The only best, the best thing to do is to pay your podcasters directly through patreon or paypal donate links that they give out or coffee or coffee Coffee. kofi goodbye
0: i mean either way
1: don't just fucking pay your podcasters if you love them which you do but not us
0: yeah
1: (laughs) anyway yeah we'll see you next time on dk
0: god our future patreon ads are going to be really awkward uh
1: probably not. Probably not. Ta-ra. Mary-Kate and Ashley in action doesn't even fucking feature Mary-Kate and Ashley as characters. They just voice two other characters. Mm. Despite the title, they are not in action. They're not fucking in the
0: cartoon. So they're inactive? Mary-Kate and Ashley in action. <laughs> anyway, we're doing that one now.
1: It was cancelled after one season.
0: Yeah, I'm not fucking surprised. Um,
1: (laughs) It ran for less than a year. October 2001 to June 2002.